0: When I was preparing for tonight, um, I just, I thought, well, this is not a big, heavy uh, teaching that you've never heard, but I just want to uh, rehearse with you things that I've been reading about and studying about and have been going over in my mind. So first of all, I just want to read to you Psalms 91. I know it's, you're all familiar with it. You don't really have to turn to it. I'm just going to read it to you first. Psalms 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand. Is this pertinent for today concerning ISIS and things going on? But it shall not come nigh you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, Lest you dash your foot against a stone, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, God said, therefore I will deliver him, and I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wow, praise God, praise God. Well, that's a wonderful uh, passage, a wonderful promise, but it sounds to me like if you just love the Lord, everything's going to be okay. But is that the way it actually is? Not quite like that. But I want to remind you, of something that a pastor's been teaching us a long time, but for sure this year he has felt to uh, remind us and teach us about uh, seeking and knowing God's ways, his purposes, his plans, and his will, that we should make seeking and learning God's ways a top priority, and then we will see his deliverances. So now I'm going to read to you some more. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read to you from John 11:38. 38. It's the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. You know it. You've, you've, um, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but let me just read to you a couple of scriptures here. Then Jesus said, groaning in himself, then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench. For he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me, and because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had been dead came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, "Loose him and let him go free. There's a lot that can be taken from this passage, but I'm going to use it as an illustration of us uh, knowing the ways of God so that we can have and live in the Psalms 91 promises. As we see in this scripture, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were friends of Jesus. But the 11th chapter of John opens by saying, now a certain man was sick, that Lazarus was sick. So this tells me that even being friends of Jesus, even being the one that Jesus loves, you can still be attacked. You could even get sick. Selah. So we aren't to be blown away when an attack comes our way. But we, the way that we respond and that we respond correctly uh, to see God's glory will determine if we live in Psalms 91 promises. So I'm going to look at this that John is telling us, a few points, and see what we can, can learn from it. The first thing we see Jesus do, was groan. It said when he got there, he groaned at the situation. I don't know why he groaned. They had buried Lazarus. Did God intend for people to be buried when they die? Yes, of course. It was the law then. It's the law now. But from this, uh, we can also see an illustration that maybe when an attack comes, maybe let's not assume it's all over, that you know how the outcome will be that the attacker has won and now you must just forget or bury the future that you had planned. I wonder, would Jesus groan today if he were to see some of our reactions and our faith so limited or at times how quickly we give up and believe a natural report. Immediately we can see that Jesus told them take away the stone. Couldn't he have Could he have been saying, don't think like that? Don't think so final, like there's no hope. It's not over, no matter what it appears like. At that moment within each one of them, think about it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Surely there was a war going on inside them. Lazarus died before they even buried him. And then they had buried him. They put the stone there. Then it had been four days, and Jesus says, take away the stone. Don't you imagine there could have been a struggle between uh, reason, experience, common sense, the law, and the word of God? They were inwardly struggling. Even Martha said, Lord, it's too late. He stinketh. But with God, it's never too late even in this situation. Now, this is interesting to me. Jesus said, could have commanded the stone to move, you know. It was a big stone. It took several people. We're, we see in the word where it took several people to move the stone. It was sealed and different things like that. He could have just, you know, whatever, and moved the stone. He was powerful. But he told them to remove the stone. So this is important as we're learning God's ways. We can't always think we know how God's going to move. The Bible tells us his ways are above our ways, our way of thinking. So he told the people to take away that heavy stone because it was the man part of working of a miracle. Man is to do the possible. God will do the impossible. I know you know this, but sometimes we can get confused. Do we use common sense? or act on God's word, or is it just one or the other? Is there maybe both involved? So when attacks come, are we to go to doctors? When a bill mounts up, should we go get a second job or work overtime? Should we have a budget? Okay, what about a diet? Should we control our mouth? Or you know if God wants to clean up my language, he'll just do it. Should we vote? Read my mind. Can I say yes? (laughs) It is we, it is us who can do much to bring about a better life and even the Psalms 91 outcome that we desire. It's up to us, not God. But we must first know God's ways. Seek to know God's ways. We are to look to God to intervene and direct and supply when things are no longer possible to man. God has shown us time and time again throughout the Bible that he will move for us and do the impossible when we obey him first. Verse 41 is important too. It says that they did obey. Now there they were standing around the tomb knowing that they saw Lazarus die four days ago. I mean, even if he wasn't dead then, he was dead now four days. And God, Jesus Said to remove the stone, but they trusted what God told them. They trusted the path that the Holy Spirit seemed to be telling them, in spite of the obvious natural situation inside that grave. They weren't sure what would happen when they moved that stone, they didn't know what it was going to be like or smell like, or, you know. Don't you imagine that emotional turmoil? was really going on inside them, it would be in me. Verse 40 says where Jesus said, Did I not say to you over and over again that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? He had taught them this before. And like he teaches us, maybe they just didn't understand that it could apply to this situation like we don't. Always understand that God's word applies, how it applies. We don't understand his way. But when we obey and do the human part, the work isn't finished yet. When we war against the devil and there seems to be no relief, it's not over yet. That's just the human part. That's just our part. We must believe and renew our mind and renew our faith and spend time with God and trust his word that there is a God way, God part that will follow. There cannot be faith without works. And the can't be works without faith to see the glory of God. That's the God way. Then what happened? After they obeyed, after they did the man part, their faith was stirred, then Jesus acted and he prayed. In verse 41 it says, and I like to think that we, like Jesus, are to lift up our eyes. The Bible says Jesus lifted up his eyes and said... Father, I thank you that you have heard me. What an awesome stand of righteousness consciousness. He took his stand of faith. I love this part then, too. Jesus said, and I know that you always hear me. Do you know we can be completely confident, too, in the will of God to answer our prayer when we pray according to the will of God in Jesus' name and standing by faith? in the word of God. We can look up and say, I know you hear me, and I know you always hear me. That's the way you take your stand, your righteousness, stand of faith before God. And we must, if we're going to see the glory of God too, after Jesus prayed the prayer of faith, not of hope, not of doubt, not of fear, but he prayed the word. Then he spoke the faith command. He cried with a loud voice, with authority, the command for a creative miracle. Lazarus, he spoke directly to the source, and he said, come forth. He said what he wanted to happen. Jesus commanded Lazarus to obey, and you can command your Lazarus to obey you too. But you know what? They, the people, had to have obeyed Jesus first before he could command Lazarus. What if they had not moved that stone? He couldn't command Lazarus to come alive then. And how often do we want to say, Well, Jesus, I tell you what, I'll move the stone, but go ahead and command Lazarus to come alive. Let him knock on the rock. I'll hear him. Then I'll move the stone. You know, I won't be made a fool of. Ray, Lord, you raise him first. And I, you know, I'll, I'll believe that it's done, and I'll move the stone. That's not God's ways. He told them, move the stone. Then, when they moved the stone, Lazarus was still dead. It was then that he spoke the faith command. So Lazarus had been dead four days with no earthly humanly hope, and he came out of that grave like he had never been dead before. He was alive. And I guess he hobbled right on out. You see, Lazarus heard the faith command. And he came back from the dead. He was really dead. But everything that is named must bow to the name of Jesus at the power and the presence of the great I am. Sounds like a song to me. But that's the truth. Things change when we speak. In Jesus' name, according to His will. you got to know His will. you got to know His way. And when you speak in faith, things change. Okay, Pastor told me one thing is, now don't get off track, but I have to get off track just right here, just a little bit. I just want to remind you that one day we will hear God's voice when He comes again with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trump of God will sound, hallelujah, First Teth. Thessalonians four sixteen says, and we will be changed, just like Lazarus. And we're going to respond to that great shout and that voice when, when Jesus comes back to get us too. Amen? Okay, back to my story. Although Lazarus was bound, hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, he had to obey. When the name is used, and of course Jesus was that name, when it's used in faith, he had no choice but to come alive. There was no discussion. Even if though he was bound, though he was in a grave, he had to come alive. When that faith command, that faith command, not just loud command, but faith command was spoken. Then Jesus said to them again, he spoke to the people, loose him now. He didn't come out just all of a sudden all smelling good and in fresh new clothes or something, you know. He came out just like they put him in. But Jesus told the people, now you lose him. Jesus did the impossible. Lazarus was alive. And they still had to do the possible, the man part. The people had to do the man part. You know, sometimes we receive a healing or a miracle. And, but we might say, I'm healed. But you know, I'm, I'm a little bit stiff or something. Or I'm still, my muscles are not strong. Maybe I've been Paralyzed. And, and i can walk but i'm still not strong you know you might need therapy you might need exercise you know when god um, does a miracle and gets you out of debt he's done that for pastor and i just an absolute miracle and get us out of debt but you still may have to budget you still may have to do wise spending to not get right back in debt ask me how i know it happened you know You, If you want something that you can't afford, you still may have to save for it, you know? Um, Maybe God's working in your life to bring you to the place of wholeness. You still may have to take medicine and make wise choices and exercise and eat right. You still have to do the man part. That's part of bringing about the miracle. That's not evil. You know... um, My precious mom was a great woman of faith, but she had a constitution that she did not want to go to the doctor. And I respected that. Uh, She felt like that was a, uh, uh, you know, not in keeping with, with the faith stand that she wanted. And she didn't go to the doctor most of the time. And she was healed most of the time. But... Honestly, when she came around here and got around me, I didn't feel like going to the doctor was a, a lack of faith because I knew doctors can't heal me. They cannot heal me. They can only help me not hurt so bad while I'm being healed. You know, I, I didn't mind going and getting an antibiotic shot or some pain medicine. It, but in, if you think it's uh, not a faith in your heart, you better obey your consciousness, you know, your conscience. But... Uh, I believe that uh, doing anything to help you get to the place of divine life is of God. Whether it's a doctor or a a wheelchair or soft shoes or, you know, I think about that that walking thing, you know, at the airport that you ride on, you know, instead of walking, I get on it every time. I don't think that's not faith. (laughs) I just thank God every bit, you know. So, anyway, you see, there is things you can do that can just make you get there faster you know there is a man part but there is a God part that only God can do and he does it through Jesus we are loosed from the power and dominion of sin sickness and disease but we are not loosed from the presence of sin sickness or disease because we still reside in a fallen world but we are given a way of escape so that we can live above the effects of this realm and in the Psalms 91 realm of blessings. Let's see, check my time. I was thinking about when, I was thinking the other day about when Jesus was on the cross and and he looked out at the people and he said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. I know that was a, a certain time and, You know, Jesus was looking at at a different ramp. But I was just thinking, how many times he may be looking at me, us, and think, Lord, forgive them. They just don't have a clue. They don't know what they're doing. They mean well in what they're doing, in the stand they're taking, in what they say, how they're responding. But they don't understand my ways. They don't know what they do. And um, so I, I wanted to learn more. I wanted, you know, to learn that God's way, what he's teaching, so that Jesus wouldn't have to say that about me. And like Pastor Scott's been teaching on the Ten Commandments, that's been so good to me. Okay, I still don't use some of the things, that, you know, OMG. Uh, it's, it means, oh, my goodness, to me. But we still can learn the true meaning of God's ways. You know, by, by coming to church and, and so many things we can learn from the word. But Jesus is so merciful to have patience with us as we grow and learn. He's always had a heart towards mercy for man. But we must seek to know God's ways. We can't just rely on the mercy of God and expect to live in Psalms ninety-one. So I was thinking, you know, I I love the Psalms that we sing. It's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise to you only i want to know your way god i want to live and respond your love language you know all those love languages we've been learning weren't they all jesus he's all of them he's done them all to us gifts touch words of affirmation time spent oh my goodness could that be that he wants that back from us too Could we learn his ways, about ways to show him love? Well, I came to church. Well, bully for you. You know, God knows your heart. You you know? He knows our heart. And we want to live according to things that that are God's ways, not earthly human attempts at holiness or of freedom, you know, liberality. Lord, show us, for we want to know that what we do pleases you, respects you, O oh God, and honors you. May we learn, and it is learned, to appreciate and reverence the things of God and his ways. So tonight, I know you all are people of faith, but we still may face challenges. When we are, are confronted with attacks, do we, do we stand spiritual? Yes, yes but what is it compromising our faith to take human actions too? No. Let it not be said that we know not what we do. Know what you're doing, but why you're doing it. If you're going to go to the doctor, know why you're going to the doctor. It's not to be healed. Jesus is the healer. Only Jesus is the healer. Our bodies can get well, but Jesus created the body. He is the only one who's the provider. We go to work, but it's not that every need can be met. It's just to get a paycheck. You know, that's the man part of the blessing, but God is the one who will bless and cause you to prosper, you know, right? Um, So uh, let us know why we are doing things, because we seek to understand God's ways. Let us settle the fight between reasoning and the word. Reason has its place. They were right to bury Lazarus. That was the right thing to do. But Jesus' word superseded the law or that common sense, you see? So there's things you can do in the natural or in, you know, there's things you do the best of your ability. But when God's word comes on the scene or is found in in the Bible, that supersedes what's natural. Lazarus had a testimony, and God was glorified. We have been given rights and privileges from heaven to aid our living here on earth. But to see God's glory, we must say, I want to know what I should do to be in agreement with your ways. I want to seek God's ways. I believe every child of God can learn how to be led by God's Spirit The glory of God awaits those that follow after his spirit and not only by the human senses. Let God lead you by his word, by his inward witness, by the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit. And lastly, remember, any time we complain, doubt, or grumble, surely we know not what we do. It surely will make a difference in our outcome. But when you praise God and have a heart of thanksgiving and of faith, then you show that you believe and trust for God's ways and his will and his word and for his outcome. I want to go back to Psalms 91 and read again verse 1 and 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Amen. That's what I have, Pastor. Do you have anything to add to it?
1: Thanks, sweetheart.
0: Amen. Honey, I believe the Lord has something. Yoreman sebeki.
1: I sent Jesus into this world to be a reflection of me, says the Father, and by him and by observation of his life, by observation of his word and of his teachings, you can come to the place to where you do understand my ways. You can see his teachings and you can understand my thoughts. And so press for those things. Press for those things in this day and age in which you live. So that you will be prepared and equipped to live and to be be victorious in the ways that I have provided for you in a day that is a trying time, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Take out, go back and look at Psalms 91 there, if you will. This, the psalm, this is one of the most, just one of the most uplifting, one of the most powerful words from God to us, you know, anywhere in the scriptures. Of course, we think of it as that, the protecting voice of God. But there's, there's a, a, a couple of things. Is watch how it's constructed. It starts out telling us how to position ourselves, how to be in that place where they, that God is watching over us, God is caring for us, God is able to do miracles. When you dwell in the secret place of the most High, as we dwell in that secret place, there's, there's a living lifestyle then it says we're under his shadow. We, we're in the very, we're, we're so close to him that we're in his shadow, amen? Then we begin to say, we use our mouths, we say the Lord's our refuge, the Lord's our strength, you know, not the ways of the world, not uh, everything else that we're looking for, but it's in the strength. But then go down toward the end there. Just a quick thought. I noticed <coughs> that when you get down to verse Fourteen. It changes. You read it in the King James, and it and it, it changes as though it, now, you know, David is talking, or the psalmist is talking, and then all of a sudden it becomes prophetic. It's a prophetic word. It's written from God's perspective. Now this is God is saying. God says this now. It's like the prophet begins to talk, and he says, because he, because the man, because. You have set your love upon me. You know, you've made that decision. You're pursuing to know God's thoughts, God's ways, and you're setting your love on him. You're walking the kingdom ways. He says, "You, because you set your love on me, therefore will I deliver him. Can you see how the sense changes here? It goes now to a prophetic word, God's, God speaking. He says, I will deliver him. I'll lift him up. I'll set him up on high. I'll raise him above I'll raise him above the things that this world and everything else that's trying to pull him down and, and trying to destroy his life. Because he has known my name. He's known my name. I'm going to set him up on high because he has known my name. Do you ever just go back and refresh yourself, maybe in your prayer time or whatever, just in the names of God? You know, the compound names. and you know you've all heard the teachings on those, on those compound names of God. I know I find myself quite often in my prayer time, and particularly going back and just thanking him for that, because the scripture says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Amen. The righteous run into that. We run into his name. What is his name? Jehovah Nisi, you know, our banner of victory. Jehovah Makedesh, Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness, and our, and our sanctifier, Jehovah Rocha, who is our, our, uh, is our shepherd. Amen. Shalom, our peace. Jireh our provider Jehovah uh, you know Jehovah uh, Nisi is you know the, the victor praise the Lord and what's the one for the healing Rapha, amen Jehovah Rapha. all of those names he says, he says because you have known my name I'll lift you up I'll set you up on high we run into his name don't we then you'll call upon me I'll answer him and I'll be with him in trouble and I will deliver him, and I will honor him. You know, guys, this is this. We we live in last days. Uh, I, we we live in, as is described in, the scripture, uh, perilous times, really. I mean, who could who could ever imagine the things that are going on in our world? I mean, it's just crazy. It's just just the most strangest, just just violent, the most. Un- inhuman things could ever imagine what happened in our world uh, some some places of the world it, you know you, your brain just can't wrap yourself around it you know can't even just wrap your thoughts around it but my phone turned off on me but the scripture's still there but he said, listen, if we will do this, and as, as Monica was sharing with us tonight, if we will do this, and we will know his name, set our love on him, he says, when you call on me, I will answer you. When you call on me, I will answer you. I will be with you in your trouble. I'll be with you in your trouble. I will deliver you, and I will honor you. I will show you regard and respect, and I'll show you favor when you need it when you call on me, that nobody else can give you, no person, no situation, no title, no amount of wealth can give you. And then he says, with long life, I'll satisfy you, and I will show you my salvation. I'll show you my invincible power. Praise the Lord. My my saving power. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a fantastic scripture. And uh, as I've, I think it was Dr. Summerall I heard 25, 30 years ago, said, you know, this was not written just because the psalmist had a good day. He woke up that morning real happy, and he decided to just write something, you know, some great poetry. I think sometimes we, we say, oh, well, the psalms are poetry. and so Well, this, this is a word from God. This is a word from God to us. Take it literally. Hallelujah. Extend your faith for it and this age that we live in and over our kids and grandkids and the generations after us. And let's watch God. Do what he says he'll do. Amen. I believe he will. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. Well, Lord, we just thank you for an opportunity to study your word. We bless you. We honor you. We worship you, O oh Lord. And we thank you for such a promise. May, O oh God, we set our love on you. May, O oh Lord, we call out upon your name, know your name, rehearse your name. May we know your ways as we read your scriptures, and even as the Holy Spirit encourages us, as we watch the life of Christ and we read the teachings of Christ. Lord Jesus, then we, we, we know you. We, we, we come to understand you better. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, praise the Lord.